Welcome to Tip of the Spear, powered by U Mortgage. This podcast is all about uncovering the truth behind VA loans for our nation's military service members and for veterans by VA loan experts themselves. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, the Senior Learning Specialist here at U Mortgage and a veteran myself, having served six years with the U.S. Army. Join me every Wednesday and Saturday to learn from mortgage loan originators who specialize in veteran loans about how you can maximize your military benefits and make your dreams of home ownership become a reality. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, here again today with Sean Hammond from the great state of New Jersey, who is going to talk with me a little bit about what you can expect going through your loan after you've actually closed on it. What is it like to go through and actually pay that sucker off and go all the way through to the very, very end? So today, Sean, happy to have you here, my friend. It's good to have you back on another episode with me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. How are we doing today? Yeah. All right, man. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. All right. So this topic is one that really everybody, anybody, and, and I have a mortgage, so I know as well. This is one that kind of people don't really know. Everybody talks about mortgages or just getting a loan. And it's always about, you know, what happens from the start to the point where you're signing documents at the closing table. And not a lot of people talk about what happens after that. What happens after I get my keys to my house? What is the journey? What's the experience like? if I have a 30-year loan or a 15-year loan or whatever that is, but a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. So do you mind kind of walking us through just kind of what's some, what are some things I might expect after I close my VA loan and I'm paying it off for the next 30 years? What what might you know come in the mail or whatever that stuff might look like? Absolutely. So so you know most, most veterans, super exciting. You go out to buy a house, you get through the mortgage process, you finally close and you feel like you've gotten to the finish line. It's an exciting moment. Um, the next part is we get a lot of questions that we can kind of talk about and, and discuss is what happens next, just like just like you were mentioning. So first off, if we talk about mortgage payments, the biggest question is when is your mortgage payment due? Um, typically in your closing package, you are going to, those are all of the documents you're going to come home with probably what looks like a, uh, it's one of the few few things that we actually still sign with, with ink um, and we go through and you're going to come home with all of these documents. In that package, there's going to be a, a first mortgage mortgage statement, and it's going to tell you exactly when your payment is due. So when your loan closes, the lender is going to board that loan to start the servicing process. So you may have a lot of questions are, how can I make a payment online? When can I set up my system? Typically, there's a 10 or 15 day period where that loan is in what they call boarding stage, where it's actually getting that, that information is being uploaded into the servicing platform. And then you are going to receive typically a package in the mail. So they do send that in the mail first, which is going to give you your first payment coupon, which is going to be the same that you're that you that you signed in your closing package. And then also you're going to get your contact information, your customer service numbers, things like that. Um, that and that's a good package to keep because that usually gives you basically all of your information. That's also going to give you the usually the website that you can go in and set up an online account if that's what you want to do to be able to monitor your loan um, going through the process. So that's really the biggest thing is first, it's like, great, we got the mortgage. And then the second is, oh my goodness, we have to pay for this mortgage, right? So <laughs> and when, we, when we talk about what's part of the mortgage payment, so there's usually two things that are in that mortgage payment. One is going to be your homeowner's insurance, um, escrow a portion of that. One twelfth is usually the calculation 
So as you make your monthly mortgage payments, they continue to put money aside so they can repay next year's premium. So typically at a closing, if it's a purchase, you're going to pay for the premium that's going to cover the first year. And then throughout your, the payments you make throughout the year are going to add up slowly to, to make the, the subsequent payment. Same thing with taxes. You want to make sure that your taxes are correct. You want to make sure that, that it matches basically what you're paying on a yearly basis. Every state operates a little bit differently. So some of the states you're going to pay annually. Some of the states you're going to pay twice a year. In New Jersey, where I'm from, we pay four times a year. We pay quarterly. But the servicer, the mortgage servicer, if it is attached to your mortgage payment, is going to be making those payments on your behalf. So as you as it first goes through, just realize that you're going to see an escrow balance. Those are your funds set aside for those payments. As you make monthly mortgage payments, that balance is going to go up if you continue to monitor the, that either online or if you get the get the mailing statements. And then as those payments are dispersed out, you're going to see that deduction on your, on your statement. So um, that's pretty much the first one I would say initially is what to look out for and just make sure that you're familiar with the with the bank that that is collecting your monthly mortgage payments is make sure the payments the same as that it was it was at closing 99.99% of the time it is going to be um, if not I would definitely contact your servicer uh, that kind of leads into another phase where what happens and really what happens with my mortgage there is a possibility that your mortgage servicing will be transferred. Now, what that means is if you close with the lender, they have the right. Your the easiest way to look at it is your mortgage is like a is like a stock. They can transfer that stock. It's an asset that the bank, banking institution owns, and they can transfer the servicing rights, which means that's the right of the of the person collecting the payments on behalf of the VA. So as they're as that as the loan matures. If you have your loan for a long period of time, that may happen two or three times throughout the process. It may never happen. It is something that you as a consumer and as a veteran, you're not in control of that. That's one thing to remember. So okay. you cannot control if your loan gets transferred or not. But nine times out of 10, it is a regulated event. You need to receive a what they call a goodbye letter from your existing servicer and a hello letter from the servicer taking over those over the receipt of those payments. So you'll get two document documents in the mail. Sometimes they'll call out and make a notification that that transfer is also happening. So big, big, okay. big piece of that that does happen. Um, if it happens initially, it will typically happen with the, within the first or second payment. So if you do get a hello letter, realize that this is not a catastrophic event. This is not somebody necessarily trying to scam you. Um, that's you know those things. But definitely open those letters, take a look at them. It will clearly tell you your loan number, what's happening. One investor is taking over the servicing, their customer service number. There's a requirement by the federal government what information needs to be in that letter. And then you can call to verify to that to the new servicer when that first payment is due. Typically, it's going to be due. And I'll put an asterisk next to this is it's typically due the following month. But you want to make sure that you follow that to make sure that your payment goes to the appropriate servicer. If you happen to make a certain payment to your previous servicer, if you're head of payments or or making a payment, the servicer will assist in getting those funds over to the new servicer of the loan. So um, th that's really the first 30 to 60 days. That's typically things to look out, look at and just kind of you know realize what may be happening with the mortgage. All right. So so just just for my own understanding of it. So it's completely normal for my loan to be I'm paying it to, you know, I'm paying my loan to one company and I'm going to get this goodbye letter from that company that says like, hey, we sold your loan to another company and they're going to introduce themselves to you soon in a hello letter just to give me a heads up and go, oh, OK, I get it now. Like I'm just my 
everything stays the same, right? Like, it's not like my, my, my mortgage payment's not going to change. It's just who's collecting the money from me now that now change. So I, I look at it as the worst thing that I guess the, the biggest annoyance for me as the consumer is I have to go to a different website now to make a, a payment rather than, you know, just a different website, but nothing else would change, right? Correct. The terms of the oh. mortgage stay exactly the same. The, how many months are you paid into the mortgage so far stays exactly the same. They literally nice. just take the current servicing, servicing records and they move it over to the new servicer. So you're right. It may require you to create a new username and password to make those new payments, <laughs> but you just want to make oh, sure. Oh, God forbid. Oh, God. Yeah, I know, so right? Hard. So, so hard. <laughs> But, but again, if you know, and, and I've had this on my mortgage, you know, it happens, you transfer from one lender to another, it seems like you just want to verify to make sure that information is correct. Right. And then just and then just take the few minutes to set that up and move that forward, whether you're continuing to, to send, you know, um, check payments or electronic payments, but all most of not all servicers at this point do have pretty interactive portals, give you the ability to track your track your loan over the web. So Definitely something to take advantage of. Just learn the system of the new of the new lender if it comes up. Okay, and it you were saying that it if it if my loan is going to be sold to a different servicer, it usually happens pretty quick. You said like in the first 60, 90 days. I mean, you said it can happen multiple times. Yes, but if that's going to happen, just something to be something to look out for in the first ninety days. True. What I typically would notice is is if you're depending on the type of lender that you're closing with or the or how long they intend to to retain the servicing, some companies will close in their name and then the first payment will be due to the next person. So you're going to receive this notification um, pretty quickly. There is federal law and I'm, I'm not an attorney, but there is federal law that you, your loan can't transfer every month. You, you can't be the hot potato. So I believe your okay. loan it can only transfer once every 18 months. So there is, so there is some, some semblance of the servicing needs to be, needs to be stable for a, a period of time. What you will find though, is unless there's a big banking institution change or something, the majority of your time that your, your payment will be with an investor for, for a large duration of, of period. Okay, cool. No, th thanks for explaining that. That's good to know. So, you know, it, it may happen pretty quickly after I close my loan, but I, I also know that I have a, an 18 month grace period where it's like, I probably won't see the, one of these again for a while, if at all, if at all. So, okay. You know, and one of the, one of the other things that um, I, I've heard, you can just verify this for me if, if I heard it correctly, because uh, it's been a while since I got the mortgage I'm in now, is you actually don't make a payment the first month that you're in your new mortgage, right? So if I'm say, for example, most, most mortgage payments, most bills in general are, are doing the first of the month, right? So let's just say I close on July 10th on my house. I don't have to make August's monthly mortgage payment, right? My first payment wouldn't be until September. That's, is that true on VA loans as well? Correct. So, so when you, when you go to closing, um, no matter what time during the month you close, all mortgages are due in the first of the month. That's just the system that that is that is a you know available to most institutions. So what happens is when you go to initial settlement, for example, if you close on the fifteenth of the month, if you look at your closing disclosure, what they're typically going to do is collect interest from the fifteenth to the first of the following month. So what this does is this kind of standardizes when all mortgage payments are due. Mortgages, the interest rates are paid in what they call the arrears, which means when you're making your August first payment you're actually paying July 1st through July 31st interest. So that's where that perception of skipping a payment comes in because when you close, they're going to collect the interim interest to get you to the first of the following month. And then that month's payments 
hasn't hasn't collected interest yet. So you make your first mortgage payment the following month and that pays that interest. So one of the advantages, at least a little bit of breathing room, especially on a purchase is you're going to spend enough money at Home Depot or Lowe's and moving in and you know getting settled in that <laughs> you kind of get a little bit of that breathing room to, uh, to you know, of, of not having a payment um, due immediately. But traditionally, it's typically going to be due within 30 to 45 days of your of your closing date. All right, cool. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Um, all right. So another thing I know happens after you close on a house, a lot of people end up paying for something called mortgage insurance, right? It, it's, you know, it's, it protects the lender in case you, you know, don't pay on the house or whatever it is. You know, a lot of people are scared of paying mortgage insurance. It, it kind of freaks them out that, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, you know, I got to put 20% down because that's the number that gets you away from mortgage insurance. So how does it work on a VA loan? I, I remember talking about this stuff a little bit with some other folks, but I want to make sure I understand it. You know, how does mortgage insurance work on the VA side of things? Sure. So, so mortgage insurance, I, I, I always kind of make a joke out of it, but mortgage insurance is paid differently with a VA loan. You don't pay it monthly. You paid it by serving your country. So one of the advantages to the VA loan is there is no monthly mortgage insurance factored in. It's the only program that has the, with your entitlement, you don't have a monthly mortgage insurance factor. So that's what makes it such an advantageous loan, not only for because of the interest rates, but because it's superior if you qualify for a VA loan to an FHA type product, because the FHA product does have a pretty significant mortgage insurance premium along with it. So when you're leveraging your VA loan, one of the advantages, you don't have that part of your monthly mortgage payment, which again, lets you qualify for a little bit more financing because you don't have that additional monthly payment calculated in there. Okay. All right. That, that's good to know. So, so there is no, again, a lot of people have questions about you know, when does, if I have to pay for mortgage insurance, when does it drop off? But what you're saying is that because it doesn't even exist, the mortgage insurance is serving my country. I don't have to worry about this. So it's never going to drop off because it wasn't there in the first place. Right. Correct. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. So one last thing, you know, I was thinking about our, our fellow, you know, brothers and sisters in arms that are active service members or living on a base or something like that, right. Wherever they are, some of them, you know, they're at the will of, you know, they're stationed there for three years, four years, whatever it is, but at the will, things can change and they have to get shifted and moved to another base. So I'm starting to think, I'm like, wait a minute, what happens if I just close on a VA loan? And then I get orders a month later that says, Hey, I got to, you got to go across the country or to a different country. How does, how is my VA loan that I just closed on? Is that affected in any way? What's that look like? So the great part about a VA loan is it does not have any sort of prepayment penalties. So if you're put in a position where you're you're given orders to move across the country, you can do so and you can either sell your property or you can rent that property out and still meet the requirements of this being an owner occupied home. Because at the time, if you had purchased your home and you did not know of those orders, that is a situation outside of your of of your um your decision making. It's something the decision was made for you. But the nice part is if you are in a situation where if you just recently purchased a home, you receive orders, you're free to sell that home, free to rent that home out to appropriate parties and and you know and move on to the next duty station because you have that that ability of no prepayment penalty and you're just following your orders to serve your country. Oh that's okay that's really nice. So so yeah even if you know I close my house and then literally the next month I get orders, I don't have to panic because it's like you're not going to get prepayment penalties. You're not going to get you know hit with anything. You should you're completely fine. That's out of your control because you didn't know about it until you know you actually got the orders. Absolutely, and and one of the things to even add to that, and most people are not aware of this, is 
depending on the loan amount. So, there, so there's guidelines so you have to fault fault to this because your entitlement does have a limiting amount of, of money that the government is willing to back. But you can have multiple VA loans open at the same time. And you'll actually see yeah, service right. members that have moved around throughout the country at throughout their career may have one, two, you can have three um, VA loans open. What, what There is a calculation that determines the amount of money that you have available or the entitlement that you have left for your second second loan. So there is a calculation. Definitely talk to your mortgage advisor to go through and run those calculations for you if you're in that situation. Um, but you do have the flexibility that if you're forced to move to another part of the country, you also have the ability to potentially use that 100% financing for your next purchase so you can buy at your next duty station. Ah, oh, that's really, really cool. Very nice. Very nice. All right. All right. Well, I think that kind of covers a little bit of everything. I mean, you, you really walk us through it. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, once you close on the VA loan, you're you're pretty safe. You have nothing else to worry about. And actually, well, that reminds me. Is that, I guess, kind of safety net of not having to worry, you know, again, getting it a month after, you know, I get orders a month after I close on my house. Does that apply to other types of loans? Are there other loans where, like, I may get hit with some sort of penalty? So uh, occupancy is 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 definitely something that should not be taken lightly. So if you're purchasing a home with the intention to occupy that home, every program is going to have its own guidelines. 90%, 95% of the loans that you are going to get in a traditional sense, more of your conventional type financing are going to have occupancy requirements for a duration of time. So mm -hmm. the VA loan does have an occupancy or the intent to occupy, occupy the property for a year. But if situations like receiving orders to another duty station, that is completely outside of your control. Right. That still keeps you in the guidelines. You would potentially be out of compliance or outside of your occupancy requirements. It's called occupancy fraud if you're leveraging another type of product and not using it for its intended purpose. So the VA loan has the probably the most flexibility for service members in that situation. And, and you know, veterans need to understand that you know, changes in where you need to live, changes in in what things need to happen. I would definitely consult with with your with your lender or with your with your home advisor on what that situation is. But you're going to have the most relaxed guidelines when it comes to the VA loan when it when it looks at occupancy of reasons why you're moving outside of your control. Yeah, just another another great example of of just what a great product it is, right? And all the benefits that you get, you know, going through the VA. That's really cool. So. All right. Well, well, Sean, thanks for walking us through it. You know, great, great chat with you today. Kind of learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, what happens, what people, this is a part of the loan that a lot of people just don't talk about. They don't talk about what happens after the, the loan closes. So thanks for uh, hopefully putting some some fears and some uh, concerns to rest. I appreciate you, man. And uh, looking forward to having you again, back again on another episode. Of appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care, man.